0: Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter in place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank y'all so much for joining today. Um, if you have any questions about the Libertarian Party of Georgia, if you'd like to get involved, if you just want to know more about it, go over to lpgeorgia.com to learn all you need to know. Um, you can also email any of us, message any of us on Twitter, um, Instagram, whatever. You know, we're we're open to to chatting about what we believe in and what we're doing. Um, one thing that we are doing. Uh in January is our 2024 convention, which is coming up. Uh January 26th through the 28th, down in Conyers. Get your tickets now. $62 until October 30th, then $75 bucks after that. And then late late times uh, is $85. Um, you can get it up till the day before. So if you can't decide right now, if you don't know what your schedule is going to be, you can always wait to the last minute. It's just going to be $23 more. Um So yeah, and then we have our platform, headlines, affiliates, bylaws, what is a libertarian? We have everything on this website. So um, make sure to visit that if you have any questions um, or concerns or thoughts um, after today's podcast. Um, Yeah, today I've got a very special guest joining me today. He, I know I just said today twice, that was stupid. Um, He is running for the candidacy for the libertarian party for president of the united states his name is joshua smith joshua smith welcome to the show
1: yeah thanks so much for having me jake i really appreciate being here and uh you know i love georgia i got family that lives in georgia i spent uh, i spent a little bit of my childhood in sharpsburg georgia right outside of atlanta the first time i ever had to take a school bus
0: uh because really? i'm from the big
1: city you know so
0: okay yeah
1: yeah i love georgia man i've been to i've been a two or three georgia conventions over the last five or six years too man i enjoy you guys so
0: nice nice um when was the last time you were in georgia recently
1: uh 2022 i think um
0: okay so, yeah, so I came, I the came, convention uh, in january maybe
1: That's yes nice. yeah okay. yeah i know i know i was there in 2020 for sure Um, and in fact, I got COVID leaving there. It was like the (laughs) the end of February, maybe February 28th or something like that. I flew out of there and I I ended up coming back, going back to California with, with COVID. So, (laughs) um, but it was before any of us knew it was there. We didn't know. Yeah, so, uh, it was,
0: that was the very beginning of this. Yeah, whole and I was
1: traveling all over for my campaign for uh, for chair for chairman of the, oh, right. of the Libertarian National Committee.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I was flying in and out of SFO, San Francisco airport every day. And there's like 5000 people a day that travel between China and San Francisco. Um, <laughs> and I had to walk right through the international terminals and all that stuff. So, yeah, I definitely had it real, real, real early.
0: Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it um for those who don't know because i'm sure not everybody in georgia knows um your background and everything where where are you from
1: sure so i i grew up in california Uh, i was one of the east bay california kids outside san francisco oakland to be more exact uh joined the military in 2002 right after 9-11 uh Mm -hmm. you know decided i was going to go and protect my countrymen from the evil terrorists abroad and uh, but i joined the navy cuz i didn't actually want to really go to war you know <laughs> uh and so uh but i it was funny cuz i ended up on the uss constellation within uh less than a year of joining mm. uh we were we were in the persian gulf george bush declared war while we were in the persian gulf with iraq Gosh. um and then uh we were the biggest part of the shock and awe campaign man and it, it it burned my heart it really wow. just broke me uh i i was so jaded because you know you grow up with this idea that the 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 mid, the, the uh, mid sorry uh the middle east right yeah. is like this uh is like this desert and all the wars that we're having over there we're just we're just bombing the desert and you, you come mm-hmm. to realize that ba- baghdad is a big city uh with children and family pets and uh people get up every morning and put on their work boots and go to work just like i do you know and yeah. uh i got to really thinking about that what, what happened was that in the beginning uh they had these big drums of leaflets and they were leaflets that were written in farsi and they had little cartoon characters on them basically saying leave your homes we're going to start dropping bombs and it was like right at that point that i was like this isn't cool i don't like this i don't want to be part of this anymore you know um and then they dropped 100 million tons of ordnance on baghdad and we came home and acted like nothing happened and, uh it broke me it really did it jaded me to the point of where i spent the next 20 years as an anti-war activist trying to fight the the regime and fight the wow. uh the establishment you know i joined Ron paul's campaign in 2008 Um, and worked for him in California and then again in 2012 of course um, I watched the way the Republicans treated Ron Paul and his delegates um, arresting them at the door at caucuses and in places like New Orleans and blocking them out and blacking him out from the media Um, and I knew the GOP wasn't going to serve my purpose uh, and my purpose was anti-war but thankfully Ron Paul got me interested in um, you know Murray Rothbard and uh, F.A. Hayek and all these great philosophers and economists of our time that that taught me the philosophy and the principles of liberty and it just opened my mind in fact the first book i read was for a new liberty and it was an absolute uh mind blower Uh, i never was the same I, i like to liken it to a window that you open that you can't ever close again right like you can never go back through that window once you've read these ideas um and so i joined the libertarian party first time in 2010 after the 2008 election uh, and, uh, I, I put some money towards it. I started emailing the LNC right away. Hey, what can I do to, to help you guys? I'm a fired up young anti-war activist. I love that you guys are the anti-war party and nobody got back to me for three months. Um and so I I uh, stopped my donation started doing publication stuff uh, we had a publication called Think Liberty that was pretty popular for a while mm-hmm. um, and then in 2017 I or 2016 I came back to the party to help with uh, you know the presidential election I wasn't going to be a part of that clown show with Trump and Clinton right and uh, and so I I helped out where I could there and then in 2017 I you know I I had liked this guy Nick Sarwark a lot. I was a big fan. He gave a barn burning speech in 2016. And I was like, yeah, this, this is what I like. Your tears are delicious and your parties will die. (laughs) Um, and so I, uh, I joined back up and then I saw him, uh, you know, talking all this mad crap about my libertarian heroes people like dave smith and eric july and yeah. murray rothbard and ron paul and i'm like anybody who hates ron paul and the libertarian Seriously. Party probably shouldn't be leading the libertarian party and so uh, i try i called all these big name libertarians that i know and was like hey you guys got to run against this guy you got to run he can't be the face of, of american libertarianism anymore and they were like you're crazy he's the most popular chair we've had and you know forever and then he's a trial lawyer and he's this and that and so i did it i ran against them because no one else would and i nobody knew me all right. uh, but i travel i traveled to 38 states that year i got to wow. meet a lot of people i got to put my finger on the pulse of the movement i got to bring a lot of people in in fact from uh 2020 to 2022 i was the number one libertarian party recruiter in the entire party um and uh so so uh the first two years i sat on the board as an at-large i lost to nick sarwark i ran again in 2020 lost to joe bishop pinchman very closely ended up as an at-large again and then of course i ran for vice chair Won it resigned i wasn't happy with some things on the on the uh the board there so i figured it was best for me to step away um and then when i realized there was nobody who had done these things that was running for president for our party and didn't have the following and didn't didn't really want to put in the the time and effort to go out and get us ballot access and all these really important things that uh, that the presidential candidate is tasked with uh i decided i would do it so i put my name out there it's kind of like a challenge and it's really blown up man we got you know a 100 person campaign team now we're working on state coordinators uh we've started getting on some really big shows. We've been on Timcast in real life already. Uh we're mm-hmm. working on Pat Pat Patrick Bet David next, uh uh Sean Ryan. Uh we we're confident we'll get on Rogan. Um and these are the places that you gotta go if you want to be a presidential candidate today. It's not about the mainstream media anymore. They don't get the views, they just they're dead. They're dead Seriously? in the water. Yeah. Uh, but we've also built a great platform that's that's centered around you know, pushing back on COVID tyranny and pushing back on the anti-2A crowd and all these great things. Should you guys be crazy enough to put a libertarian in the office um, of president? Uh, But also we want to help candidates around the country uh, run and take over their local school boards and take over their local sheriff's office. You know, these are the places where you can make the most uh, damage anyways, as a libertarian currently, none of us are going to win the federal uh, election anytime soon. Not in 2024, certainly. Maybe if we set the stage correctly, we take some federal elections in 2028. And that's what we're here to do. We want to wake people up. It's a 50-state media tour. Um, should we get into the general election to tell people, hey, there's a better way than what's going on? These This uniparty bipartisan crap has gotten us where we are. Uh, we're finding bipartisan support for every single bad policy that you hate right now, whether it's a spending bill, whether it's war, uh, all of these things find bipartisan support. So why not give a third party an option and and I think that we have what it takes to wake people up to that.
0: Yeah, man, I completely agree. Um, What was like your decision-making process like for deciding to actually run? Like what, what were the things that you weighed? Because I know like... The whole campaign, just to get the nomination itself, that's got to be a lot of work. And then once, if you get the nomination, you know, a whole lot can happen after that. So like, what was your decision-making process like? Well,
1: I had, I had, there had been a year or so where I'd already talked about maybe running for vice president. Should no one step up? That was like the original goal. Okay. If no one else steps up for vice president, I'll run. I was hoping Dave Smith would run for president. You know, we have a Smith Smith 2024 ticket. We go out, we spit that Liberty <laughs> crap the way it's supposed to be spat. We wake some people up. We get people in the movement. And in 2028, we we slay. And uh, and I kind of just saw the writing on the wall that that wasn't going to happen. Like there mm-hmm. was not, like Dave, if Dave was going to announce that he was going to run, he would have done it probably close to a year ago, right? right. Um, and I got some insider info that that wasn't going to happen and um so you know i talked to some other people and 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 i was like well why don't you run and people are like i really don't want to run like i just don't want to do it it's going to be a hard year ballot access is going to be very very hard this year um i'm already uh, planning weekends in places like maine and new mexico to go and try and help with ballot access so that we can we can get the ballot access we need to get on at least 49 states because we're not getting it in new york most likely right um and so Uh, you know, I I weighed out the work. I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but the biggest, uh, probably my, the the biggest thing for me was I sat down and talked to my family. Um, and you know, I, all of my work here for the last several years has been for my family because I want my kids to live in a freer society than what I had to live in, right? Or what everybody's living in today. And I want my grandkids to live in an even freer society. We're never gonna do that if we don't start opening these doors. Um, so I sat down and talked to my family. Of course, my wife was pretty concerned because she had sat with me through the 2020, uh, uh, the 2020 through 2022, uh, national campaign that I ran all over the country, went to, you know, another 20 something States. And, um, it was hard. It was hard for her. She knows that there's a lot of mud slinging and it's going on right now. You know, um, it's just a different side than I thought it would be this time. Unfortunately. Um, but, but she saw what we went through and, and she knew how hard it was on the family. So it was like more important for me to have her blessing than anybody else's, really, truly. Um, and so we sat down, I, I went over it. I said, you know, this is going to be great uh, for not just for us, but for the country. Um, and, and even if we don't win, we have the opportunity to start changing some things, get people interested in things that my wife are interested in, like homeschooling and, um, you know, uh, holistic healthcare and all these great things that she's into. And the reason why I fell in love with her to begin with. Um, and she, she agreed it w- to, with some reluctance, she agreed. And so that, that was probably my biggest mind changer there was, okay, if I had the support of my family, um, to do these things, then, then, then we're going to do them. And so, um, yeah, man, that's where we're at. And, you know, I, I feel like of the candidates running, we have the, the most charismatic and energetic campaign. Uh, we're running with the same principles that the revolution 2.0 was built on, um, oh, yeah. and, and uh and we want to bring that ron paul revolution to the libertarian party and to the presidential campaign and that's what we're going to do
0: i love it um yeah i imagine that uh uh, a candidate that didn't have the support of his wife and family probably wouldn't go very far it's just not smart it's just not a smart (laughs)
1: thing because i'll tell you you got to come home after that campaign's over you know Uh Uh, i have a five foot even italian wife who you know, she don't take no crap at all. And, and she'll <laughs> let you know when she's unhappy. And so, um, and even, you know, and there's still times during the campaign that she's she's faltered a little bit and be like, you know, we have a baby coming in December. And so mm. she's like, well, are you going to be gone? I said, no, I'll make sure that I'm, you know, at least a week or so on each side of the due date that I'm not gone. And, right. um, but, but I also, you know, the, the good thing is we live in the middle of the country. We live in Iowa, right? And so um, when when the general kicks off and we have to make it to a lot of a lot of states, all these middle America states, we can drive to, and the family can come. And so it'll be, you know, it'll be nice to have the family on on the road with us and stuff too. So,
0: heck yeah, that's great. Moral support and comfort yeah. and stuff while you're on the road. That's fantastic. Um, you mentioned ballot access, which is something that's pretty important here in Georgia. Um, cause depending on, I believe, depending on what happens in the 2024 presidential election, we might lose our ballot access sure. here in Georgia. We have to reach a threshold of, I forget what the actual threshold is, three or 5%. I, think. Percent, something is like, it yeah, three?
1: I thought it was 2% in Georgia. It I've, I've be, been looking at be all too. the requirements. So,
0: yeah. And so, um, that's something that is definitely on like LP Georgia's mind, um, at this point. So like, what can you say, like, what, what's your pitch to, to LP Georgia, delegates who who might end up you know deciding whether or not to vote for you
1: sure well look here's the thing we're definitely going to travel we're definitely going to come to georgia uh i'll be at georgia for the for, obviously for the convention uh, but it, it really what it comes down to is you know are you going to be energetic and 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 charismatic enough to talk to people where they're at right mm. um and and it's going to be important in every state, not just Georgia. It's going to be important in every single state around the country that we have a candidate that's powerful, that's a good speaker, that can actually open up these ideas to people in a way that they understand, not just, you know, we can't just be professorial about these things. We have to actually talk to these blue collar working class people. I mean, these are the middle class. These are the people that are mo- most affected by the bad policy in the country, and they're actually disappearing. I mean, the middle class is disappearing. And Georgia is a, a heavily middle class, blue collar state. Um, and that's what we're running on. You know, what we're running on the I'm a blue collar working class guy who's been through the same plight that everybody else has been through uh, the family law system, the uh, the inflation monetary issues. Um, and we need somebody that's going to talk to us. So, so I, I can promise that if nothing else, I'm going to talk to Georgians. Uh, about the, about the middle-class, uh, woes and, and the plight that we're all facing. And I think that we get those, you know, that 51% of the population that didn't vote for a presidential candidate in 2020, uh, 2022, which in my mind means that there shouldn't be a president, um, <laughs> Yeah, but, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no to one, no to, no to the president, but I think that we have the best, uh, uh, platform and, and the best, um, chance of speaking to the majority of, of, really most states, um, when Mm -hmm. it comes to, to the blue collar working class, uh, section of this country, that's, that's, that's the bread and butter of America. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that are most hurt by our federal government. Um, and, and so, you know, I promise to be that guy that talks to those people and, and wakes them up and hopefully gets them involved. Um, and we're also going to, we're going to share our data. That's the other thing too. Uh, there's been some, some speculation that maybe I'm just doing this for myself and to, Make my platform bigger, and I will say that it's stupid if you're if you're a candidate for president, and you're not trying to make your personal platform bigger, and you're using that as a knock on a presidential <laughs> candidate. Right. That's stupid. That's the goal. Of course, that's the goal. Of course, you want to get a better platform. If you're not getting a bigger platform, you're dead in the water, and you're you, you know you you don't work. Right. Um, but uh, we're going to share that data, and we're we're looking at um, using 50 million Americans uh, data to to do polling. Actual polling will be the first presidential candidate to do a poll on that side and that scale. um, all, all phone polls. Um, and it's, you know, it's like a thousand bucks per million and we're doing it. We have the money, you know, we're, we're raising money. We, we're going to have the opportunity to do that. So, um, we're just going to be the the candidate that talks to those people where they're at and, and makes them feel like, you know, it's time to start looking for a different way.
0: Yeah. That's very impressive. Um, one thing here in Georgia, chase Oliver's pretty well known at this point. Um, you know, he, he, cause that runoff between Warnock and Walker. Um, so I mean, in libertarians minds, especially here in Georgia, it seems like he would be the obvious one to get steel votes away from any of the two you know major candidates um, from the major parties. Um, so how would you, I don't know, how would you make up for the fact that he's known here, but you're not?
1: Sure. And it's going to be a hard hill to climb in the state of Georgia. There's no doubt about that. And let let me, let me preface this with, I like chase. I think he's a very great speaker. He's surprised me in two different debates now, by the way, uh, Mm -hmm. when we were in Denver at the, at the, uh, the, um, uh, what's it called? it was an institute that we had a debate at um and and he did really well i was surprised I, and he had some great answers too like like obviously they're like written out canned like politician politiciany answers but they were good they, and he's a great speaker and then he did yeah. really well in our debate in new jersey last week as well hmm. um but I, I you know i i think you know personally i think chase was in the right place at the right time when he had the runoff with with warnock i i honestly think that like many other candidates could have even done better. Um, and that's not a knock on chase. but I think if Shane Hazel had been in that race, that mm-hmm. that split would have been much bigger, right? Um, and so, and so, you know, I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about chase. I know it's a big hill that we have to climb. I think chase has done really well in this campaign already. I I'd say that, you know, a lot of people are thinking that wrecked is my biggest competitor. I'm telling people it's probably chase. Oliver is my biggest competitor. He's already been traveling. He's already been doing the work. He speaks really well. Um, but I disagree with him on some things. And, uh, you know, some of that stuff is, uh, uh, you know, this child, uh, welfare. Going around the country this issue that a lot of parents are very 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 mm. concerned with you know the schooling system uh this this affirmative care and, and mutilations of, of children and he's not really into the protectionist uh policy for those kids and i think that that will really separate ourselves from uh, there in the race um and then uh you know but other than that i i don't see a reason why uh the people of georgia uh you know should make it this this like ugly thing between me and him it really comes down to our policies we have differing policies and i think that my policies will represent the people of georgia better than his can.
0: oh yeah i completely agree i i have no interest in things getting ugly between libertarian party candidates like sure. let's let's keep it it simple, happens though it well, happens man. oh it definitely happens but you know we agree on like 99 of things let's not i want to be very 100%. clear I, li- I like chase
1: i've had i've I had dinner with chase in Georgia, uh, yeah. uh, you know, at the last convention, he's mm-hmm. a nice guy, man. He's very smart. And, uh, I think that he's a good candidate. I really do. You know, I'm not going to be super bummed. I do have some, some fundamental issues that will work out in debates. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the guy's pretty, pretty great for the most part. So
0: nice. Um, let's say you get the nomination. Um, what, what is going to be your focus as far as messaging?
1: Uh, so my, I have several big like platform points that i want to put out front um, of course i talk more about title 4d of the social security act than any other candidate running right now i think that it's completely torn apart the family system in the united states uh and it actually and in fact if you look at the statistics when gerald ford signed uh title 4d of the social security act into law in 1975 the amount of fatherless homes has more than tenfold uh, and, and I mean, it's an undeniable stat. We're talking 87% of homeless and runaway youths are from a fatherless home. Mm-hmm. 78% of all violent youth offenders sitting in jail today are from a fatherless home. Uh, 80-something percent of all school dropouts are from a fatherless home. And all of this stuff has come about since 1975 when this stuff was signed into law. Um, and I, got, I have to make family a big point talking point of this campaign. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people in the country that are feeling this right now um, and don't understand where it's coming from. Everybody wants to point their fingers at the education system. I agree. Department of Education has got to go. We've got to get back to a, a, a absolute freedom of choice when it comes to how to how to educate your children. Very important to me. It's got to be up there. Um, but it's not the main goal. It's not the main uh, issue. We're talking about split homes. The, the most important part of a child's development is father and mother period and right now we have a system in america that treats typically 94 94 94.7 of the time the father like a visitor in their child's life so that they can take money from them and what happens is i'll explain title 4d a little bit so what basically what it means is for every 66 cents that a state spends on uh child support enforcement and the likes the federal government gives them a dollar back so we're paying the states We're paying we're paying the states to separate families, treat a father or sometimes very, very rarely a mother like the visitor in their child's life. We Mm -hmm. criminalize them if they fall on hard times entirely. In fact, we put people in jail quite a bit for child support issues um, if they can't pay. Um, And and uh, we take a parent out of the home all the time and we make it much easier for a woman to make the decision to split up the home as well or or a father sometimes very rarely. Um, And this has got to be an issue that more presidential candidates talk about because it's the stroke of a pen. It's an act. We can get rid of it with an executive order. It doesn't need to be there anymore. Um, And in fact, the president signed it into law. So um, it's got to go right away. It's a very, very important uh, issue that I don't think enough uh, presidential candidates talk about. Um, but another thing too is is like I said, using the bully pulpit and and being the candidate that goes around the country, does shows like this and talks to people about how they can run for school board very easily and probably win on about two hundred and eighty seven votes in some of the some of these places, um, and take take control of the, the the local school. And you know you have the opportunity as a, a a candidate, a libertarian candidate or any kind of candidate that you want to run as, to get into these positions and nullify federal government laws. These, these laws, these edicts don't mean anything to state and local localities uh, when there's a government there that says, no, we're not going to follow those laws. They can't. Constitutionally, the 10th Amendment has made it so that the state has the opportunity to tell the federal government to get lost, kick rocks. I mean, all the way up to arresting federal agents in your state if they show up. Um, and so, you know, we, we've we got to wake people up to that, that too. We've got to get more people running as candidates that are, are tired and sick of this crap. Um, and then of course you know the, the the self-defense laws that the federal government and states are constantly trying to push we, we're talking a lot about um, you know these these federal agencies the FBI, the ATF the CIA all these things that have grown so entirely out of the scope of what they were meant to do um, that now the the FBI is uh, infiltrating and investigating Catholic groups and uh, going to school board meetings and calling soccer moms that are mad about their Children's education, domestic terrorists. So yeah. we've got to get rid of seventy percent of that workforce completely out the door. Take what's left, send as many of them around the country to smaller uh, localities as we can, to mail rooms, to maintenance departments, and then whatever we have left is going to be so small that they only have time to focus on things like interstate serial killers and <laughs> and child sex trafficking and stuff like that. So because you know at that point we'll find out if we actually need a federal police force. You right. know. Um, and if we don't, we have the opportunity to say, look, we've got, we've cut this workforce down to about 12% of what it used to be. They're not doing anything. We don't need them. Listen, I'm urging Congress to to abolish them because it's got to be an act of law. That's a lot of these, a lot of these libertarian candidates will run around and tell you, oh, we're going to abolish the ATF first day in office. And we're going to abolish this and abolish that. You don't have the, you don't have the power to do that as president. It's mm-hmm. an act of law. It takes an act of law to get rid of them through Congress. Um, but also another thing, the AUMF, this is something that I like to talk about, of course." the 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 story of our time right now is world war three it's got to be one of our biggest issues as well um china and russia we've been we've been running russia right into the arms of china for a long time they're becoming this superpower working with bricks now trying to come you know circumvent the whole opec dollar and all this stuff which is you know it's good the opec dollar sucks it's got to go away too at some (laughs) point right um but you know taiwan is the tripwire for war with china uh we can totally make these things here these chips here mm-hmm. uh we mine we mine enough cobalt and silica here to make them we actually make the robots that build these wafers here mm-hmm. um and then ship them over there for them to build them over there uh 12% of them are made here semiconductors are made here in the united states already people don't know that um and places like amd in austin texas could do them tomorrow so uh it's a tripwire to war with russia there's no reason for us to go and defend taiwan course we've got to stop sending money to Ukraine all this stuff is insane but a lot of these things have grown out of control because of the institution of the AUMF right the authorization of use of military force which is end run circumvented the federal declaration of war right we haven't had a real war since world war ii mm-hmm. um and you know this is how we got in Iraq and Afghanistan and all these things and we I talk about this with a lot of people they're like oh well congress said it was okay I said no they okayed a spending bill <laughs> the AUMF is a spending bill. Right. They never declared war. And our Constitution requires that the government declares a war if we're going to go to war. So I would immediately get rid of the AUMF. I can I can sign that right out. It's just a spending bill. I can veto it. I can you know put the executive order in. And then I would tell Congress, I would sign an executive order telling Congress that if you want a war, you must do your constitutional duty and declare a, a war federally. That way, you're beholden to your constituents around the country, right? That way, when you put your name on the paper and said, yes, I wanted to go to war with Russia or China, your constituency who doesn't want war because we're tired of war. Let's be honest. The, the vast majority of Americans are just tired of the, the endless wars. Then they get to see that on paper instead of the, the president just using this constant open ended bill to, to drop bombs on people.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and now you have the opportunity to see who your uh, representative really is, and it's going to make them scared for their jobs. And so we've got to do these things. These are all really important things. They've got to be at the forefront of every campaign um, with also the knowledge that we got to build camp, uh, campaign ballot and debate access for a party um, and also that we have to uh, um, get more candidates to run. And so those are all going to be the biggest focuses of the campaign. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff on there too that you know if you go to my 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 website joshua smith 2024.com you'll see i got all my platforms written out there we're also working on uh yeah there it is uh we're also yeah we're also working on uh some other platform planks of course we want a very like policy specific platform for uh healthcare and immigration and all these really hard issues to to navigate um so we're working with we've got a great policy team uh probably 50 people on the policy team already uh, i'll be working with um michael bolden some on uh, nullification issues um and some other great people too scott horton all i call scott horton as much as i can to talk about foreign policy and
0: probably smart um, smart move. He's the best man. There's nobody
1: better in my opinion. I, I think that he's the, the absolute greatest of all time when it comes to foreign policy. Uh, I've never heard anybody be able to to push back on Scott Horton in, in an effective manner. Uh, so mm. why would I want to go to anybody else? Um, I've also
0: never heard somebody make it so make something so dry and potentially boring. So interesting and then and exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's cause Scott gets that anger. It's that fire. Right. And that's the same thing uh-huh. I'm talking about with this campaign. Like you've got, look, I'm just a blue collar working class guy. Who's been able to build a pretty good sized national platform and get into some pretty big media. Um, and the reason is because I'm fiery. I'm passionate. It's I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room, you know? Um, and there's some days where I'm like, man, how am I going to do this? I'm not, I'm not smart enough to do this. It's that self doubt, uh, uh, problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been successful because I'm passionate, I'm fiery. I, I believe in this cause I'm doing this because I believe in these ideas. I'm doing this because I want a more freer life for my, my children and my grandchildren and my family and my friends, my community. Um, and so I'm, I, you know, I, I really have that fire behind me to get these things done. And, um, we need a candidate that's going to do that. If we don't, we're just going to, we're going to have another 2016 where we have the, the, you know, the, the two worst candidates of our lifetime. And we have this huge opportunity to set the stage for 2020 and boom, we got Joe Jorgensen. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to be the guy that sets a stage for 2028 for an even more exciting, much smarter, like harder working candidate to come in and and actually make a dent in those federal elections. And I think that we have the best case to, to, to set that stage today.
0: I love it, man. Um, yeah. Super stoked to see where your where your campaign goes. Um, tell people where to find you, how to how to support you, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, please go to JoshuaSmith2024.com. There's several things you can do on the website. Uh, you can sign up for the volunteer uh, web form. We'll get you into a chat where you can work with the rest of the team. It's a great team. It's the most organic, grassroots, like hardworking team I've ever seen for a presidential candidate in this party. They're amazing. Uh, we got a great campaign manager, Sean Kennedy, is killing it, absolutely killing it right now. Uh, I wouldn't be half the man I am today without him. Uh, you can also sign up for the email list to get updates about the uh, uh, about all the campaign inner workings and outer workings and events and all those things. Uh, My good friend, Zachary Varnell does a lot of those emails for us. Uh, So if you see Zach in Georgia, you tell him that I love him to death. He's a great dude. Um, And of course uh, you can donate. We can't run without money. That's just how it works. Uh, We're up against the uh, financial juggernauts and the Leviathan of the federal government. Mm -hmm. Um, These guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars on these campaigns and then rolling them over into packs and, you know, keep, keep, keep the money flowing. And um, we can't compete. At all without dollars, just how it works. The good thing though, about third party candidates, our dollars basically spend three to one to that of the unit party. Our money goes much, much, much further. Uh, we, we typically have to pay much less for votes at the end of the day. That's how it works. You know, these guys are paying three seventy-five to $15 per vote. We're paying, you know, pennies on the dollar. So, um, that's how it works that's that's we need that we have to have that you can also watch all our videos media there's an events calendar up there so you know where we'll be we'll be in dallas texas next week for the texas state fair nice. uh, i know that yeah the week after that i think we'll be in jacksonville florida of course we're going to syracuse new york on the 10th um uh charleston south carolina on the on the 11th of november uh that's where the big convention uh debate will be that we had to actually qualify for so we we got the qualifications for it um and uh yeah so all the stuff's there on the on the website of course follow me on twitter at joshua at large i'm always at war
0: with with everybody there though so just be
1: (laughs) be ready be ready
0: what uh what date are you gonna be in dallas because i'm actually going to dallas next week
1: 16th 17th i think monday tuesday Oh dang! Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I'll I'll be at the uh, Texas State Fair on the 16th, and then I'm I'm still in Dallas on the 17th. I think my flight leaves at like 5 p.m. that evening. So I'll probably find something to do. We are gonna we are in the works to set up an event, um, on the night of the 16th somewhere around Dallas to have a meet and greet, and you know, you guys can have libations and and we'll have dinner and all that stuff and talk yes. about you know my campaign and whatever questions you have. So that'll be interesting
0: interesting well if i'm free i'm definitely going to try to make it yeah let me know
1: man just hit me up on twitter and uh, or wherever you know email whatever
0: absolutely well y'all go to joshua smith 2024.com to learn more about his campaign you can also go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more about libertarian party of georgia if you're new to the party or interested in learning more so that'll do it for this week y'all make sure to tune in to liberty libations thursday night 8 p.m eastern and come back next week for more free georgia podcast joshua thanks buddy
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, Jake.
0: Absolutely.